No, cool. other way around. Other it's way two. around, really? Yeah. No, I, it's one where I am. It's two where you are? Yes. See, proving once again, I have no clue either. I don't know where. I don't go anywhere. I'm closer to Europe than you are. <laughs> well, aren't you there. fancy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I was saying my time would be closer to their time. That's not the way it came off when you said it. Well, I mean, like, well, clearly we're more sophisticated over here as well. <laughs> You're listening to the Music Manual Podcast for February 19th, 2011. Learn more at musicmanumet.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manumet. I am Tom, and uh, also with me is Doug. Hello, Doug. Hello, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing well. All right. And we have, a, uh, we, we have one of our interview shows today. We actually have someone on the show uh, whose music we've played before, and uh, it is Josh from uh, Lewis Ling and the Bombs. Hello, Josh. Hello, guys. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, yeah, we're fine over here in Europe. Minus uh, 10 degrees centigrade outside. Oh, really? Yeah, it's see, colder yeah. than that here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got you beat over there. Or, or over here, I should say. So, yeah, it's 10, well, it, well. In France, we just whine about everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are a musician. Uh, yes. You, you, like I said, you're in the band Louis Ling and the Bombs. And uh, first of I all... Thought, I thought you were a punk rocker. Those aren't musicians, are oh. they? No, I, I actually don't know how to play any music. <laughs> Good. What What do you do in the band? Are you Are you the vocalist then, or are you just uh, saying I'm you the, beat on strings? I'm the vocalist. Uh, I write all the songs and uh, stuff like that. Okay. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the band, uh, what it is you guys do, and uh, the reason for the name? Well, you know, we, we started in 2006, and... Uh, uh, I really needed to uh, to break out and do my own uh, my own band because I've done lots of bands before. And uh, if you're going to give your band a name, you might as well give your band the name of uh, of a 19th century anarchist uh, from Chicago, <laughs> of course, who uh, who committed suicide on death row by uh, by putting a bomb in his uh, in his mouth and blowing off his head. So you know you might as well do that if you're going to call your band anything. You Very might as well true. call him. Lorenzo is also a famous anarchist that blew his head off, right, Tom? Uh, yes. I'm just saying that's what you're supposed to do when you name your band. Yes, yes. I think think all all punk bands should be named after dead anarchists. It should be a law. Yeah, that's that's true. But then, I mean, how many of them are there, really? I mean, there's several, but that would be quite ironic that there would be a law requiring anarchist names. Yeah, wouldn't that I be think. Good? That's true. That would but, go against like the fact like, oh, you know, then that means literally that if you really were a true anarchist, you would not name your band that because it was law. Exactly. You would name your you'd name your band some kind of emo name like, "Oh my god, I'm feeling a little bit sad today." Yes. <laughs> well, there's, I, a, there's a great band in France called Recorded by Steve Albini. Mm. <laughs> That's brilliant. Isn't that, isn't that a good name? And I was just thinking, well, all the bands in Recorded by him they could all send in, send in tracks to this uh, to this band. It'd be really cool. I like that. That's that's the equivalent of a band naming itself Free Beer. You know, you yeah. uh, the poster would just say Free Beer. Yeah, I think, I, I I think they like... automatically get good reviews in all of the all of the music blogs. <laughs> See, cool. I don't know about that. I, I, I think actually they're asking for trouble because if they didn't actually have Free Beer, there would be a lot of angry individuals. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How punk so, rock is that? Well, but I mean, like we'd have like mobs, like, like angry, like that. That that's very like capitalist to like want your stuff, like the stuff part of that. Beer is, is a different thing entirely. I I don't know, man. I think I think the anger, of, uh, like your property, you've been given, like you've been told you're gonna have free beer. But and it's then, a statement. You're taking. You're telling them, man. Don't expect free beer. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think the mob might kill the band. That's my concern. Either way, I don't know. I, I get I get what you're saying as far as like an artistic statement of enraging the populace. I like that, mm. but I just think it may not be in the best interest to the safety of the band. I love this hypothetical stuff. that we're actually arguing here yeah. that like isn't really going to happen. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> like no, it should be this way. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, dangerous. it's dangerous being on stage. It's dangerous stuff. Yes, you know, people people jump up on stage and the microphones get knocked gets knocked into your mouth and blood all comes out all over your guitar and stuff. That it's, yeah, it's a hard it's a hard job being a punk rocker. <laughs> now you had said uh, that you were you started this band uh, after you know you wanted to start your own project. What were you doing before uh, you uh, actually started this band? 
Yeah, before that, um, I, I was in a great band uh, called the Dummy Crusher. Uh, like and it. Dummy Crusher was a digital hardcore band. I don't know if you guys know that genre of music. No, I don't think uh, I'm familiar. It's, it's electronic music. Yeah, digital hardcore. It's um, a kind of um, music that was pioneered in Berlin in the 90s by Alec Empire and Atari Teenage Riot. Yeah. And it's oh, okay. kind of like cross between like uh, a drum and bass, jungle, uh, punk, uh, hip hop, sampling, noise. It's uh, quite, a, quite a cool genre of music. But it was a nightmare to, to take that project live. It was in uh, well, could, hell. Well, isn't it just, I mean, it would be mostly sampled, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's tons of samples and wires and stuff all over the stage. It's actually, it was uh, extremely complicated. Um, but that kind, of, that kind of thing is very fun, and samples and stuff. And, uh, that's exactly the kind of uh, mindset I have with Lewis Ling and the Bombs, is even though I'm writing three-chord punk songs, um, I'm always thinking, you know, I I like those three chords there used by uh, I don't know used by Green Day. I think I'll just sample those those three chords and loop hmm. them. That's how I that's how I write songs. But when you're saying exactly. sampling, you're saying like actually play it. You're, yeah, you're just, saying you're more appropriate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, uh, I think punk rock is kind of kind of a bit like uh, hip hop in that every guitar just sounds the same it's just a just a distorted guitar playing three chords right and it's just which three chords are you going to steal off uh, off of uh, sex pistols or green day and and you're just going to loop them for 16 times and shout over the top of them uh, <laughs> punk music's quite quite cool in that respect because it's very much the hip hop uh, attitude yeah. Even though a lot of kids that do it don't realize that they're doing it like that. They're, they're, right. they're subconsciously stealing stuff, whereas I'm consciously stealing stuff. <laughs> or, you know, even the, Madonna, um, I almost said Madonna situation, the Nirvana situation, uh, where, I mean, they had three, four albums come out using the exact same three chords. Uh, all you have to do is just make sure you get a really good producer on the next, uh, one after the next. Cause they went well, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think uh, uh, my band are always uh, um, shouting at me, saying, oh, Josh, it's exactly the same three chords. But it took the Beatles three or four albums before they even introduced a fourth chord into their songs. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think people should, uh, uh, you know, give, uh, give uh, basic songwriters like me, give us a break. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how many albums Lewis Thing and the Bombs has even done now. We've done like two or three. So... Well, Maybe in the fourth one, I'll get another chord in there. And uh, I know from uh, Doug just recently turned you on to uh, get your stuff up on Jamendo. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I well, forgot to do that. Yeah, yeah he he ha they had most everything already on Jamendo. It was just that the the demo wasn't on there. Okay, so and we have uh, 80, 80 songs up on uh, Jamendo now. Right, that's, that's what I was going to ask. That's quite a lot. Yeah, because uh, I know. Yeah, you've got uh, quite a few albums up there, and uh, what's the? Uh, I mean, what's the span of time of these uh, these albums that you've put out? Like, how, how far and in between uh, is the time between each of these albums? Well, the the first record is called Conspiracy, and we did that in two thousand six. Uh, then we did like a, a little seven inch uh, record called uh, Madonna is a Corporate Whore, and mm. we put that on, and that was about two thousand seven. Uh, 2008, I started working on the the epic uh, 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 lullabies for mutant monkeys, and I finally finished it in 2009. Um, lullabies for mutant monkeys is is about 20 tracks long, so, so it, it took quite a long time, right. and I lost I lost all my hair doing it because it was quite quite complicated. Um, and then after lullabies for mutant monkeys. Um, we did uh, a new album, which is now finished, which is part of the, the demo. And then after that, we did a, an EP, uh, which is uh, um, finished as well now, almost. And that was, that was mixed by um, some crazy Californian producer called Steve Kravak. That's quite a famous dude, apparently. Hmm. So that was really, that was really an ama amazing thing. So we've had... We've got load. We've got two records that we haven't even managed to get our heads around uh, getting out there at the moment. Really? So you're putting it out faster than you can promote it, is what you're saying? Exactly. Doing. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're we're recording faster than we can than we can stick things in envelopes and get them out to uh, uh, to people. So see, that's also the benefit of three chords. Yeah. 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 It out, right, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. You can you can churn stuff out. Um, 
but I mean, uh, I hope that we've got a, a good level of um, quality control on our, on our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we try, because uh, a lot of our songs are stolen, as I say, but when people, when after shows and stuff, people do say to me, oh, really original, that's really, that's such original songwriting, great, great, and, I'm, and, I, and I think to myself, that's, that's fabulous. I, I steal some chords directly off another band, right. and after concerts, people say, that's original. I think that's fabulous. I think that, I'm very <laughs> well. I, you know, one of the things on the demo, it's listed as anacro pop, and I think that's what a part of the originality is. Is that there, there is a certain pop sensibility in there that that it gets without without like sort of blending into sort of the generic pop punk. You know, there is. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but but I, I think it's probably the harkening back to all the digital stuff that you've done in the past. That influence is still there, and so it does. It does end up sounding um, very original. I think. Um, you know, that's just my my personal take on and it. And plus, but, don't um, forget um, the the drummer in the drum. The drummer in our band is really into. Uh, uh, techno music and hardcore techno and and things like that and we're all the the guitarist is into japanese pop music so we're all into different things and don't forget you can always uh just rely on the old pablo picasso quote which is uh good artists borrow great artists steal i think is the quote <laughs> i thought that was a steve jobs quote no steve jo- great quote <laughs> next time i receive an email in the, an email in my inbox uh some uh, some artist asking for money i'll uh, i'll put that in the the, the email returning exactly which is already, <laughs> by the way people have already tried to try to get money off me for for things i've stolen oh really yeah unbelievable huh. <laughs> and i wrote it back saying take that and shove it man <laughs> so yes use that one because then that way you would be doing exactly what the quote says how did the relationship with uh, Steve in California? How did that come about? Did you win a contest? Did... No, no. I just, uh, I just uh, tweeted on MySpace. We're we're desperately looking for some good mixer to to mix our, our record, and he turned out to be already a fan on MySpace and liked our stuff. And he's a bit of um, a francophile, if that's the word. He really loves uh, loves France. He studied French when he was oh. in school and stuff. Okay. And he really wanted to work with a French band. So I didn't, I didn't. Uh, uh, tell him I wasn't actually French, and uh, <laughs> I'm just an immigrant here in France, I'm, and I'm not actually French. So, um, uh, so he, was, he was really happy to mix us, and that was really, really, really amazing. So, so where are you from, if not from France? Uh, well, I'm from um, a little country called Wales, ah, in from the United Kingdom, which explains why. Well, possibly explains why your english is so good well and yeah, yeah. also his british I, I was accent trying to get the other members of the band to come in but i mean they they do all speak english but uh, i don't i don't know if they really wanted to speak english uh on the radio or anything mm, yeah. i'm not sure well and also first first i'd like to say thank you for introducing me to a new word which is francophile never heard of that and when you first said it i thought it was dirty um, so <laughs> it is dirty. <laughs> loving, loving France is a weird thing to do. And uh, so he just was uh, surfing around, or I mean, he just saw it on your on your MySpace page. I'm, yeah, he's just surf- he's just surfing around looking for something to do, as a, huh. as a, as a top uh, Hollywood uh, producers always do. They're just surfing around, the internet <laughs> yeah. trying to scope out jobs and stuff. Yeah, so uh, great guy, great guy. Yeah, see kids, just getting your stuff out there. You. Try to think twice about like, oh, should I do this? Well, look what happens. You put your stuff out there, and there you go. Somebody uh, picks you up. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the main uh, the main lesson to get across is that uh, um, he, he, in, with Louis Ling and the Bombs, we've always given our music away on Jamendo, mm-hmm. on Internet Archive, uh, Dog Mazik, which is a a, a great uh, Creative Commons site, um, and people have always always loved it. And that's just, just amazing because in France, uh, when you're in a band, you don't you, you, you do your music and you don't play it to anybody, and and then you complain that nobody likes your band. That's what French that's what French bands do, and uh, <laughs> um, you know we we got an amazing um, uh, review in Maximum Rock and Roll magazine, and they put us in the in the rec- top ten of their recommendations for the month, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And I showed that to the band, and I was like, look at that, look at that, guys, it's amazing. Maximum Rock and Roll are amazing. And, and, and then the, 
uh, one of the, the guitarists starts leafing through going, nah, these bands are rubbish. They, <laughs> they've got really bad taste, obviously. Like, what? Oh, so he's a glass is half empty type of guy is what you're saying. Definitely, definitely. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what, what was the name of the site? Um, Dogma Zeke? Dogma Zeke, yeah, you've got to check that out. Uh, D-O-G-M-A-Z-I-C. Dogma Zeke. And, and Z uh, is Z for the Americans. Uh, yeah, Z is Z for American people, yeah. <laughs> But, I just uh, want to translate for Tom because he doesn't speak. Yeah, British. right. Okay, I do. So that's okay. <laughs> like, like I said, we're we're closer to Europe over here. So. <laughs> right on your side, on your <laughs> side of the the, the country. Um, so Dogmazik is good because um, uh, unlike Jamendo, which is a Luxembourg kind of site, uh, Dogmazik are politically into the whole free music scene. They don't let people push them around. And um, in France, this is very important because in France, uh, there is a, a really, really big problem mm -hmm. with uh, free music in that uh, giving your music away for free it is extremely um, politicized in France. And uh, if you give your music away for free on the Internet, you are barred from joining uh, the SASEM, which is the equivalent of the PRS in England or some kind of rights um, Rights Probably collection. ASCAP in the US. ASCAP, yeah. yes. The of ASCAP. In, in France, it's a monopoly. The SASM has a monopoly. So if you, are, if you give your music away for free, you can never get a penny uh, back when your music gets played on the radio, ever, because mm -hmm. you're barred for life. Yeah. And it's more, if you play in, a, if you play in uh, concerts and stuff, uh, the, uh, the concert place can be fined, fined for yeah. having you on. Because you are not a member of their of their association, uh, it's like um, a gangster ring. They go, they have inspectors going around to bars, asking for asking for payouts, um, because uh, theoretically bars have to pay for the music that people hear in the bar. Yeah. Well, they and they do that in the U.S. too, except that not to that extreme. Have, well, right, you have to be. Well, I mean, they do go around the bars and find people, and but, yeah, but, but they don't ban only you from if you're people. playing, you know, music that's owned by I think BMI. Is yeah, the they one. don't do it in the opposite that's sense. The that's, right. the, that's the difference between America and France is that in France, even if you're playing Creative Commons music that's got nothing to do with them, they still ask for money for it, and that is very dangerous. That's a very dangerous thing. And uh, Dogmazik is um, uh, currently having a big fight with. SASM, because the SASM has agreed to allow Creative Commons music, uh, or rather not to expel its members for having Creative Commons music, if they, if they sign a new Creative Commons contract, which is Creative Commons 3.0. I don't know if you've heard of 3.0. Yeah. So the new Creative Commons uh, 3.0 uh, has been uh, redefined by French lawyers as um, quite more uh, draconian than the British version because they've uh, mistranslated uh, the Creative Commons 3.0 um, law, well, law, whatever, whatever it is, the, the contract. Um, so that, may, that has broken the, the free community up now because uh, Dogma Zinc won't let anybody with a Creative Commons 3.0 contract onto their site. And uh, the SASM won't let anybody with a Creative Commons 1 or 2 contract onto their, onto their uh, uh, catalog. Wow. So it's war. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's like the exact definition of war. Well, I mean, in the Creative Commons sense, but yeah, that's crazy. That's and the problem, with, the problem with Creative Commons three, as in the French translation, yeah. is that if um, uh, if someone uh, gets a Creative Commons record, and it turns out that in the Creative Commons record there's a sample of uh, Rihanna or Madonna, the person who downloaded it is liable not the person who, who did the sampling. So Sassem hmm. will be coming after the person who downloaded the Creative Commons record. Um, so it kind of puts the, the user, has all of, uh, takes on all of the uh, responsibility for the content of uh, the, the record he's downloading, hmm. which, of course, is completely, it gets completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That everybody, is, everybody samples everybody nowadays in electronic music. Yeah, and that's in 
we've talked about that on uh, on this show before because uh, the funny thing is is a lot of the stuff that uh, uses sampled uh, Creative Commons stuff that uses samples, uh, most of them will release under non-derivative, which I always find very ironic because they don't yeah. want people sampling their stuff. And it's like, well, that's what your music is. But uh, <laughs> not not all of them do it, but you find it more often than not. But uh, I knew a little bit about this, and I remember back uh, maybe a few years ago, that was one of the things Jumendo had a, you know, um, uh, help promote this or support this sort of thing that came up when you were going to download an album. It was on the right. It may still be there. I may have finally just gotten to the point where I don't see it anymore. But uh, in the pop-up, it would say, you know, this is what's going on. But I didn't know it was to that extreme or that it's gotten that yeah, far. If you, if you, if you want to uh, give money to Jamendo artists, that pe- people do that for us from time to time. Mm-hmm. That's actually against French law to do that because you're effectively helping pirating because for for the French government, Jamendo is a pirate site because from time to time, you know, people in Jamendo will use a sample of, uh, of so-and-so, and, you know, and it's absolutely uh, incredible that um, uh, Jamendo has been targeted by um, the anti-piracy laws, which is typical, really. Yeah, and, and also the fact that uh, from time to time, you say, I mean, like, literally from time to time, like, it rarely happens. It's not like YouTube where I could pull up something right now and listen to an illegal song. You know, like, people are uploading illegal songs, whereas we've even talked to people uh, on the show, I think it was uh, Professor Click, who he uploaded something where he used a sample and they asked him to take it down because they're like, no, this has a sample that's, like, totally proprietary. You can't You can't use this, you know. And uh, they asked him to take it down. So they're even policing it. But to the extent where they can, apparently, because they noticed that he did it. So it, yeah. the fact that they think that this is a pirate site is just kind of... They know, they know very well it's not a pirate site. But they're, they're, they know that uh, Creative Commons is uh, politically hated by Universal Music, which is a French company. Um, and Universal Music don't want Creative Commons to exist and uh, they they will they will allow Creative Commons to exist a little bit in its uh, 3.0 format, as interpreted by French lawyers, which is very draconian. Um, but uh, it's um, it's actually very very worrying for me because uh, uh, if um, if I ever get any of uh, my music on a uh, like a, a mainstream radio station, yeah. Uh, and I, I come up on on the SASM's radar, and uh, uh, if I if I if I ask for my money from that from the broadcast on the radio, uh, then SASM uh, will come down on me, and Jamendo will kick me off their site, because if I if I'm receiving any money from from SASM, I have to get off all the Creative Commons sites. And I'm on a lot of Creative Commons right. sites. I have to take the music off, off left and right, all over the internet. It's uh, it's quite scary stuff. It's fairly gangsterish, you know. Like uh, it's like the mafia mentality where they used to do, it, where you know companies would have to pay insurance fees. Yes. that's really weird. That's oh, damn. It's, it's it's better in America because uh, the ASCAP hasn't got a monopoly. So legally speaking, uh, uh, American musicians can pick and choose what they do because it's not an enforced government monopoly like it is in France. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit better in America than here in Europe. Yeah, ours is just more capitalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ours is more Stalinist. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. It really is. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Everything you just said to me is nuts. And I, I think that, that that's, wow, that's amazing. I'm, I'm pretty bad. So I, just thought, I just thought it'd be nice to, nice to get that out to people uh, that, 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 that listen to your podcast. Yeah. And I'd like to say that also that, that maybe because of all of this uh, uh, oppression, which is quite hard and quite scary for us musicians, uh, we, the, the Jamendo and Dogma Zik are, are alive and well. And uh, uh, the, there's a lot of net labels putting out only Creative Commons music and yes. uh, scene, the scene is big and Jamendo do massive parties in Paris. Uh, there's big, big Creative Commons events. There's Creative Commons um, uh, compilations being put out all the time. So uh, all, all at great legal risk to the people involved, uh, but they're doing it. And uh, so, you know, things are pretty good here in Europe, even though even though I've painted a horror story. Right. You know, it's, it's actually not that bad. Because no, people are, it's people more are of a revolution. 
you know, and, and one of the things is we, we usually talk to people and we go, what's the creative commons, uh, style lifestyle like in your where you are and it's like you you've actually got stuff going on like most people are just like oh i don't know you know i don't know many other people that do it and you've yeah there's tons of stuff going on where you are Paris is the center of europe for this kind of thing it's a battleground it's uh it's exciting yeah the only other time when we've had um anybody really say yeah this is there's major stuff happening is when we talked to headphonica and in germany there's a lot of uh i think because there's so much electronic music in germany well because of gamma which is kind of the same situation well that's true yeah the draconian enforcer you know it's kind of interesting um you know that it's sort of like the the drug war or something like that like the harder that you you know the what, what is the saying from star wars the more the tighter you grasp, the more star systems fall go through your fingers or something like that. <laughs> Great quote. <laughs> so, um, but but on the the terms as far as you know politicizing it, all not all the songs probably, but they're almost all political. And I guess one of the questions is how how much are those localized to France? So like the one that sticks out to me is like no one's illegal, um, which. To me, sounds like you know a U.S. problem. You know, perhaps possibly because it's in English. If only, if only it was. If well, that's that's the question because you know. Uh, there's, a, there's a French word. There's a French word. Um, sans papier is the French word, and that is uh, translated into American English. That's illegal immigrant, and sans papier it means without paper. Uh, because by the French system, you need bits of paper to prove you're alive, to prove you're to prove you have the right to be there. And um, it's been quite hard in France the last uh, 10 years because what they've started doing is they've started rounding up um, illegal immigrants and putting them in these kind of uh, camps and then shipping them out of the country uh, to various uh, bizarre third world dictatorships all around the world. And then we kind of lose track of them, off the statistics, these people. Um, And a lot of them obviously die. Uh, um, so that's something that's really affected me quite a lot because a lot of my friends are immigrants and a lot of my friends receive letters from the government, the French government, saying, get out of the country as soon as you can. So uh, I just wanted to say that nobody is an illegal immigrant because, you know, people have been around before countries and countries should be illegal, not people. Mm -hmm. It's insane. insane. So uh, in France, it's quite hardcore. It's quite scary. Um, people, uh, you, you, you take the bus, you take the bus, and then the doors of the bus open, and there's a load of police right up the bu- right outside the bus. You walk out of the bus, and they check your ID card as you come out of the bus. Uh, if you're black, or if you're Indian looking, or if you're Arabic looking, mm-hmm. or if you're Chinese looking. So it's uh, kind of like a racial profiling kind of thing like you'd get in Arizona or something. And this is in, this is in France, the, the country of human rights. So it's, and these, uh, these police are dressed up in full riot gear and they don't take any, any shit from anyone. And in fact, uh, they often strangle, strangle immigrants to death in, um, uh, in prisons and uh, no one, no one uh, cares about it. And it's kind of uh, uh, tragic, a tragic yeah. thing. So where are these just city buses or I guess I'm I'm having trouble envisioning. Well, uh, uh, we, we we all have cars here, so. Oh right. Well, you know, if um if you if you most people who work in France, who do real work, manual work, are from African origin or from Arabic origin. I'm talking about people who go to work in the warehouses, in factories. It's um you, you know, you see, you see, you hardly ever see many white faces going to these places. So when I'm when I'm on the bus to work um, early in the morning, you know, you'll you'll see a whole bunch of police in front of you, and everyone in the bus puts their heads in their hands, like, "Damn, this is the this is the day where I where I lose my family and get kicked out of the country." And um, that's pretty. It's pretty scary stuff. Are people coming from like francophone countries or yeah, yeah, um, most. Mostly francophone countries like uh, Senegal, Mali, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, um, uh, and some other ex-French colonies. Well, it's something it, that, that we in the band think about a lot. Well, it'd me, be impossible for you to be 
Um, I mean, because EU laws, right? The, the... Exactly. Every time, every time they do this kind of thing, I, I come up to a policeman and I say, Oi, ask for my, ask for my ID card. And, and he goes, no, 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 it's okay, move along, move along. And I'm like, no, 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 seriously, ask for my ID card. He says, well, can I have your ID card, sir? And I say, no, I haven't got one. What are you going to do now? And so they put me in the, in the van with all of the, the other guys, and they take, me off to, they take me off to jail. And the way I look at it is I'm taking up a, I'm taking up a place, one of the places in the bus uh, that, that could have been taken up by Port or some, some poor immigrant guy. Um, so, and then I and then I really annoy the the cops in the in the police station uh, until until they realise that they have to let me go because obviously they're not being paid to arrest white people. So I could, they get quite angry and and frustrated with me saying, "Oh, you know, my father was a resistor against the Nazis and all that kind of stuff. You can't accuse me of being a racist." And I'm saying, "Look, I'm not accusing you of being a racist. I'm accusing you of being a collaborator. There's a different thing. You're collaborating with a racist policy. You're not actually a racist yourself." Uh, but police, police in this country are quite um, stupid. Well, let me ask you a question now. Given all the stuff that you've just told us and what's going on over there, what made you want to do your music under Creative Commons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's um, when you're in a when you're an anarch, anarchist an anarchist punk band, you you, you just gotta roll with the uh, roll with the anarchist way of doing things. And uh, uh, we didn't we never really thought about it. We never made a conscious uh, choice to to write political songs or release our music on free uh, free websites. It just kind of came naturally without even thinking about it because yeah. uh, that's the that's the culture that we're in. We all. Listen to Chumbawamba and Crass and, uh, <laughs> and old against me records. So, you know, Chumbawamba, <laughs> you actually listen to Chumbawamba? Well, but <laughs> well, Chumbawamba is so world. different than their like one hit, though. Okay, because yeah. that's the only reason, or that's the only thing I know of them. Uh, it, oh, is the, right. yeah, the is the tub thumping? Oh right, no, they were actually before that. They were actually like an eighties and not anarchy an anarchist punk band in the eighties. Really? Before they, yeah. I had no idea. I, I mean, let alone the fact that their song that was a single. I mean, if you listen to it, it's. I mean, the lyrics are actually pretty crass. But uh, it was just that it was you know to a good beat, <laughs> so everybody yeah. loved it. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose I'm very influenced by them because uh, uh, they they have ultra political lyrics and uh, they just create um, nice pop music, and uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's a nice thing to do. Well, I'm going to have to revisit them again because that's the only thing i know about them is that one song so uh we'll have to i'll have to I'll have to check that out just to see uh what else they've been doing and yeah. do you think that the uh the non-commercial license that you go you guys use um is that sort of the the quote-unquote the anarchist way to do things because because there's a couple different opinions i mean the one side of it is if you if you give away as many rights as possible you know if you have a public domain declaration or just use attribution then that is a um you know a way of contributing to more freedom and of course the other view is well i don't want it to be used you know by by capitalists basically um so is is that where you draw the line as far as the license or are there other other reasons at play um because of all the shenanigans going on over in france um, personally, I'm down with uh, public domain work, but the reason I went for Creative Commons, uh, um, no commercial uh, thing, was exactly what you said. I, I just don't want some big uh, big corporation uh, using using my stuff. That's the really the only thing. Otherwise, I'd be a public domain to you know to the max. But uh, I'm just, it's exactly what you said. I just don't want some big corporation using my using my work. I mean, corporations have used our used our music in their videos and things like that on, on YouTube, um, like mostly for fashion fashion shows and things like that. God knows why, but they <laughs> they send me emails. It's fashionable for, music. Yeah, yeah. So you know, for for the models to walk up and down the catwalk with, and um, it was Princess Mononoke, I think it was, or or Amstram Graham, and. Uh, they but 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 fair dues to them that they sent me an email first and said would 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 it be okay if we use your music and stuff and I and I wrote back and said yeah knock yourselves out it's cool uh, and that's that I'm cool with but like some big big ass uh, 
General Electric using my uh, using my stuff. No way, man. No way. <laughs> so, so you don't want your music to bring good things to life, as General Electric says. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. I want my music to kill, kill, uh, kill anchors or something like that. But now, the argument about using non-commercial makes, to me, makes a lot of sense in in the American system where we don't have moral rights. But in Europe. Can't you guys just say, sorry, I don't want you to use my stuff? Isn't that part of the sort of the moral rights conception, or am I misconstruing that? That is true. That is true. Um, there, there's been a couple of, a couple of cases of, um, in Europe of, uh, uh, of bands turning around and saying, actually, you know what? You can't do a cover of my song even because I hate you. <laughs> and and that, that's basically it. And uh, also uh, in Britain of uh, bands saying, um, to political parties, no, you can't. You can't use my music in your, um, you know, you can't even say that you like my music in your in your political party speeches because I hate you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not my friend. So there is that. There is that. There is you can you can be moral about it, but uh, I haven't got a lawyer and I don't want to get involved mm. in them. So Creative Commons is is better. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so so we talked about some of the. Uh, political attitudes. I don't know if we call them political ambitions. That sounds like you're running for office or something. Um, but, but as far as the band, what are, what are the ambitions? Do you, do you see the band as um, a mouthpiece or do you see it, you know, as, as something more, you know, like something that you would want to do full time or in the future? Or wh- where are things headed, basically? Well, um, basically every single day, I have a, an email box full of uh, offers and crazy things, and I could I could quite I could quite easily spend all day every day uh, just on the band. Uh, it's, there's so many things happening, so many concert offers for concerts all over Europe. I even had an offer for a concert in um, California. So incredible, incredible things. But um, it's a, I don't think uh, the band is uh, will ever be a kind of uh, full time thing uh just because it, it, it's actually impossible i mean we can't we're, we're six people in the bands we've all got different things going on we can't we can't make that that step we're too old and we've got too many we've got too many families on the line <laughs> it's difficult we can't we can't make that step um and what keeps me going is the fact that it's a mouthpiece so that's you're you're absolutely right um what what keeps us going as a band is the fact that we're we're spreading the message uh, even though not not everyone in the band uh, thinks thinks the same, we we all think very differently. But we do we do um, we are happy to get our message out there. So on that point, what do you think? You know, of the bands that have gone the anti-flag route or the uh, Rage Against the Machine route and signed up to major labels um, ostensibly to get out their message is there is there merit to that or is that just a load of shit? Well. Um, I got to, unfortunately, I've really got to say, it seems like a load of shit to me. It does feel, it seems like a load of shit. Uh, Raising Against Machine are, are such a fabulous band, and I'm sure, I'm sure they're the, the big exception. But when you look at bands like Anti-Flag or Against Me, that are both signed to major record labels, um, I've got to say, it just looks like a load of shit. And uh, I think uh, down the line, anti-flag and uh, against me are going to regret uh, they're going to regret it well they're, they're going to regret it in nice houses whereas <laughs> right. living in, living in uh, slummy apartments but um i really do believe that it's it, it is shit and i think steve albini has said uh, said something along those lines as well saying you know all these big major record label bands who are, who try think they're using using uh major record labels to help them spread their message further are actually just just being uh, exploited, and it's just bullshit. And I, I agree with uh, I agree with Steve Albini. I've got to say, it's a similar sort of question as to the the licensing perspective. You know, the major label versus the not. You know, is the, the give the people the the freedom to do stuff or or use the non commercial and sort of fight that capitalist system. Uh, I, I think there's similar question. I mean, it's kind of that that question of the license is kind of. I don't know the 21st century version of that same question. I think yeah, it's, it's a complicated question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, I think uh, it would be very nice if uh, 
if I could release my music and get paid for, for being on the radio and get some royalties uh, and give my music away for free on Creative Commons. But that is completely, they're completely opposed to um, the two things living together. That's my main... Uh, yeah. I don't understand why, because even if we took all our stuff off, off Creative Commons, it would still be available on BitTorrent uh, freely. So um, I can't understand why. Well, I do understand because they're evil, evil people. The, the people <laughs> could, but uh, you know, I, I can't understand logically why why the two worlds can't live with each other side by side. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know, we've talked about it a number of times. Nine Inch Nails. I mean, I think they sold like seven hundred thousand dollars worth of of ghosts and ghosts was you know a creative commons license i think they use the exact same license you guys use so um i mean it's not on jamendo but it's still under a creative commons license if you're a french band if you're a french band and you put one of your songs to, uh downloadable on myspace you have to pay 100 euros which is equivalent to about 130 dollars or something really 130 dollars you have to pay a fine for putting your music onto MySpace, downloadable. That's how crazy the system is. That's just, wow, uh, I did not know that. So can, you, so can you put it up there and stream it, but not download it? Uh, you, there's, there's, different, there's different things. You have to pay the SASM different amounts of money for different things. For streaming, you have to pay them seven, uh, seven cents per stream. And then you get, with the idea that you get that back. How? In, uh, yeah, what? A year down the road, they what? just said that. Like that's for that's for future them to figure out. And when you get there, exactly. then they'll have to deal with it. That's that's the the madness is that they ask you for money when when we when we uh, want to put out a record in France. If we want to if we want to get it printed by a vinyl, you know, a vinyl printing company or a CD printing company, uh, we have to pay the SASM in advance, and the SASM say, well, when the when the royalties come in. We'll pay that money that you've paid us back to you, hmm. and that's it may sound insane to American people, but that's that's just how things work in France. It's yes, insane. It does sound insane. It's insane, but it's not that far off. Because here, what they do is they go, "We'll do it for you," but then we're going to take a cut of it every time. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same thing, but they don't ask for the money up front. They go, "Hey, I mean, even right now." Uh, the service that I use, Bandcamp, they go, okay, people can download your stuff. You have a certain yeah. amount you can do a month, and then every other one, we're going to take our cut. So, like, we'll get, like, 10 downloads, and then the next one, uh, basically, they're giving or they're taking the entire profit of it, and then we get the next 10, Well, that, ma that makes sense to me. I mean, as a, right. as a way I'm to make I'm not saying money. that's bad. I'm just saying that that's more of the route that they've taken here. But asking for money up front, I mean, that's just – Yeah. Nobody would do that. That's yeah for physical product. This is in the physical world. This is not in the internet world where Bandcamp has to pay uh, for okay. its uh, its its designing and stuff. This is actually them asking money for us to duplicate our CDs, which is uh, yeah. That's even more crazy because that's just you like wanting to make your stuff. That's not you using a service going okay, but we're providing this for you, so we need something. Like they're literally doing nothing for you. Exactly. Can you like not sell CDs at concerts, or how does that go? Like, how do, how do those royalties come in? Exactly. If we if we um, if they send an inspector to one of our bar, the bars and see that we're selling our CDs in our concerts, that's a that's a no no as well. <laughs> wow. All of these all of these things. I mean, there's there's been a, quite a lot of bars that have actually in, instead of paying the SASM, they just go okay. Uh, no more music, and they take out, and they take off the sound system, unplug the radio, and people just have to uh, drink in the bar in silence rather than rather than pay them. Good lord! So, yeah. if okay, <laughs> now given all this stuff as well, uh, do you have? I mean, like, do you do other band projects? Like, do you have anything else that you do that uh, apparently they're trying to stop you from doing anything there? Uh, so, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm writing. I'm writing lyrics at the moment for commercial pop commercial pop bands really and the thing is that if i if i want to get money for these things i'm going to have to sign up to the sasm <laughs> and if i and if i sign up to the sasm louis ling and the bombs is in deep trouble so i'm i'm kind of like uh writing uh lyrics for future worldwide pop hits that are uh 
um, I'm gonna I feel, uh, it's gonna amount for nothing in my bank account because I'm not gonna get anything. Right. I feel but, like there's some there's got to be some way around this. Yeah. Like like give them to like your brother in Wales or <laughs> something like I don't know. Like that's a good idea. I'll get I'll say it's all in the name of my brother. Good one. Yeah. I didn't think I, of that. That is a good call. There has I to mean, be, yeah, because there's got to be this ways This is not it. legal advice. Let me be clear. I know nothing about international <laughs> law. I don't know if you'll get in trouble for that. But it seems like something could be done. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That sounds good. I'll, I'll work on it. Six months ago, I would not have put that disclaimer on there. But now I have to. So <laughs> one day, maybe I will actually have an answer for that. But it just seems like there's got to be some way. I mean, the France can't you know, control if those dealings happen in another country. They can't, they can't, I mean, maybe within, within the EU they could, but like, I don't uh, know. Well, the, the, the concept is that the, the SASEM uh, has um, bilateral, bilateral agreements with every other uh, rights collecting organization on the planet. So ah. effectively it's a, this is a planet-wide um, system. I'm just that picturing that inspector you mentioned before showing up on Doug's doorstep. You know, <laughs> we heard you spoke to him about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. That's what I, I'm just thinking. Like, well, if you can do this in the U.S., like, what's to stop you from like transacting your business to you know, like, if you give the lyrics to an artist, I I, I don't know. It makes my head hurt thinking about this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the system seems terrible. So what what are uh, some bands that that you like? Uh, we've talked we've talked about some, but you know some some either Creative Commons or not Creative Commons bands that we haven't talked about that. Um, that uh, in. Yeah, I'm into. I'm actually what I'm into at the moment is um, uh, a record label from Indonesia called uh, Stone Age Records. That's hilarious. Yeah, we were. You know why? <laughs> because we're we're talking like we were supposed to have them on for an interview two weeks ago, Tom. Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. That's hilarious. So there's they're, they're some great music. I just, uh, I just, I'm just really digging Indonesian, Indonesian punk rock. I just love that stuff. I can't get enough. It's just great. Riskin is a, he's a good guy. You should, you should, if you haven't, if you haven't shot him an email. I have, I, ha- I have, I have. I, I think, I think they're going to release all of the the Louis Ling uh, back catalog. On, nice, on nice, cool. So I'm really down. I'm really down with uh, with those kids. They they really feel. They really seem to me like. Uh, um, like they're really uh, honest, passionate about the music, uh, and which is amazing, really amazing. When you consider, I don't know how many years ago uh, Indonesia was some kind of brutal, brutal dictatorship uh, under Suharto. I think it's a, it's uh, Indonesia is just an amazing, an amazing country. I don't know if you've been following the fact that uh, uh, a, an island in Indonesia rounded up all the punks and put them in a re-education camp. Oh wow! <laughs> shaved, shaved, shaved off their heads and tried to teach them that punk music was evil. So wait, but they just turned them into skinheads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they turn they turn nice punk rockers into nasty looking skinheads. And it sounds like the plot for the movie Footloose, <laughs> like, but for punk rock, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a strange thing to do. It was it was actually Mike Watt, uh, Mike Watt from uh, uh, Firehose. Uh, oh yeah, yeah Firehose. Firehose that that, um, that uh, popularized the, the the Indonesian punk scene's uh, problems with uh, re-education camps because huh. I didn't I didn't know about it before he started uh, uh, disseminating that information. Huh. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that either. And I've uh, yeah, I've listened to both the Minuteman and Firehose. It must just be something that he was talking about then because I don't actually follow him. I just listen to his music. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't really listen to his music. I just uh, follow. Him. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a different type of punk rock. I, pl- I played with I played with uh, I played with with Mike Water. We did a jam. We did a jam together in a squat in uh, Paris. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And I was and I was, and I was uh, hoping and praying. Don't uh, uh, don't ask to play any of your any of your songs because I don't know <laughs> any of the songs. I don't. I can't even play. I want to be your dog. I don't even know. The, the, I can't even play that riff. I'm such a bad musician. But luckily, it was just a free free jazz jam, so it was easy. Right. No free jazz is no musical content whatsoever, so it was. No <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that's true, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Stone Age Records and stuff and how we're going to be interviewing them, are there, uh, we like to 
the people that we talk to that are in the Creative Commons community, uh, we like to ask them if there's anyone that they could turn us on to or anybody they think we should uh, interview for uh, future shows or get to know or just, you know, make this yeah, Creative Commons world a little smaller. I hope he speaks, I hope he speaks uh, English, but there's a fabulous record label in Paris at the moment, uh, Totally Creative Commons, huh. that are uh, mind-blowing in, in their uh, scope. And they're, and they're called Et mon cul, c'est du tofu. In American English, that's uh, if my ass was tofu. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, have to, I'll have to email you the link because there's no way I can uh, get across what the, uh, how, to, how to actually write the name of this record label. Right. But they're, they're, they're the ones that you should really get into because they have an incredible back catalogue. Uh, uh, of classical music, punk rock, hip hop, uh, all of it, uh, hardcore, jazzcore, noise, lo-fi, it's all completely insane and uh, they're big movers in the um the 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 free music uh, scene in uh, in France. Just before we go here, uh wanted to ask uh is there anything else you'd like to uh tell us about anything you'd just like to say to the listeners? Um no, I think uh, I think we've uh, covered uh, more or less everything in the whole universe. Uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty close. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the universe, so. But uh, I, I think we got at least three fourths of it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Pete, you're gonna um, you're gonna love the new album. I think. Uh, when's got... when's the new album coming out? Or do you? Is there any? I have no that? idea. We we <laughs> we have no money at all. And uh, we have this great, great fucking album uh, and a great EP, both of them ready to conquer the world. And uh, we have no money at all. And uh, uh, so I think what it's going to be is eventually uh, like a fizzled, a fizzled release <laughs> of the whole thing onto Jamendo and Internet Archive. And, uh, and then it's going to just uh, uh, go from there. So that's, well, that's, uh, that's, that's probably what you guys did for the last one, right, Tom? As you released for the last EP, that you released each track individually. Yeah, and then... just to keep the buzz going, what we did is each each track as it was being mixed, we were like, okay, one one a month, we would just go. Here's one that's song. A here's very the next good one. Idea. Yeah, that's and at the end, idea. you give the whole thing. You know, this this uh, last record has uh, taken me almost two years. Uh, taken us almost two years to do. Mm-hmm. So it seems a shame just to just to just to let all that energy go at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one that well, yeah, that's a good idea. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's it it helps keep bringing people back and you know just getting the I word mean, we're out gonna, there. We're going to release anywhere. it. We're going to release it on Stone Age Records. We're probably going to release it on AF Music, which AF Music is a German um, a Creative Commons mostly record label. Um, that's AF Music and uh, Magnatune as well. We like Magnatune. Magnatune release all our stuff as well. They're nice, nice guys. And uh, uh, and then tons more Creative Commons stuff to come. I think uh, I think that'll be good. Well, great. You'll have to keep us posted when the uh, when the official release happens, or if you know when you do yeah. release them single by single, you uh, yeah, just single, let us know the progress. I'll, I'll propose that to the band, and we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, do a vote and then uh, an anarchist dis- discussion and then another vote and things like that <laughs> then maybe you know a couple of fist fights exactly yeah. slow going slow yeah. going but that's that's the way <laughs> that's the way the band survives well uh thank you very much for joining us today josh you know love to have you on the show again sometime and uh just yeah, keep us great. posted on what's going all right so this thank has been another uh music manuet podcast at musicmanuet.com